All right, we are recording. Uh, we've got David Hedges here. Uh, David, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us from outside the Leadville Library. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. No problem. I'm, I'm guessing you've spent a fair amount of time in the Leadville area this summer. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, well, Leadville and Buena Vista. Now I'm actually just camping over above uh, Vail Pass. Oh, nice. Okay. Are you camping all summer or what's happening? Yeah, all summer. Um, uh, I'm now training for UTMB. So ah. I figured I'd lean into the altitude a little that I've now that I've got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just have fun. Yeah. Well, Nolan's 14 is great training for UTMB, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish UTMB was slower. Let's sure. just say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you most recently set the FKT, um, and I'd, I'd love to hear the details because I don't know the details on Nolan's 14. Um, was it supported? Was it unsupported? And I, I don't even think I've heard the, the official time. So the official time is 39 hours, six minutes and, uh, wow. 40 seconds. Holy crap. <laughs> supported, unsupported? Supported. Yes. Supported? Supported. Okay. Got it. Got it. Well, that's just an incredible time. And, um, obviously you took down Joey camps time and I've had him on the podcast before, and he's just an incredible athlete. And, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought that that number was going to stand for a little while. So hats off to you. Congrats. Um, when was the first time you ever heard of Nolan's, uh, how did this, how did this come into your, uh, periphery? Um, yeah, I, um, well, thank you. First of all, um, no, I heard about Nolan's um, like a long, like 10 years ago, probably. Um, just reading Anton's blog. I was, uh, I, uh, I grew up in, in, you know, in, in downtown Chicago. And just like had the, uh, I don't know how you'd say, but wanderlust, I guess. And um, just was like really into all things outdoors adventure from, from a, from afar because there's not much opportunity in the Chicago area sure and pretty soon I like landed on like trail running as being the coolest mm. <laughs> adventure modality <laughs> and uh Anton was definitely a huge inspiration so but uh when I first you know started you know getting into trail stuff in high school I was reading his blog and he was either that year or the year before or you know recently was projecting Nolan's himself so that's how I heard about it. And I thought that would be like the pinnacle, you know, trail experience, not having really any reference for what it was. You know? Right, right. Um, 
Yeah. Had you done any 14ers up to that point? Had you been to Colorado? No, no, absolutely not. Um, I done, you know, I'd, I, uh, I, I wasn't like completely naive to, to, you know, I had done some backpacking and stuff like that. Um, but I was, I'm definitely a city kid. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so, but I went to, um, I, I ended up going to Colorado college in 2016 and spent, uh, my first summer out here. Like I, I graduated high school and like the very next day drove out to Colorado. Mm. Actually, I, I had a job over in Avon okay. near Vail. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did actually start running some of the, some of the, the 14ers on the Nolans, um, just that summer. Yeah. 2016. Is that what you said? Yeah. 2016. Okay. okay. Were you, and were you running in high school and did you run collegiately? Um, I ran, I ran, um, I ran just for myself in, in high school. Um, uh, it was just, yeah, it's kind of a long story. Well, I grew up playing, um, violin really seriously, like mm -hmm. classical mm -hmm. and you know, that, that's like, it was, um, you know, very rigorous and I had all sorts of extracurriculars and went to like a really intense school and all that stuff. And sort of like at some point in high school, I just got so burnt out by, by, I felt so cooped up that I, um, I ended up running. Well, I first started biking to and from school as like an outlet. Mm. And then I started running it and, um, I went to school on the completely other side of the city. Uh, so I would, so eventually the running got pretty <laughs> extensive. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I would take the train and, and bus if I needed to, uh, or if I was injured. But <laughs> How far are we talking about? 13 miles each way. 13 each way. And this is yeah, high school. It was kind of a problem. It was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at first I would get a ride to school. I have a twin sister and, um, and then I would run from school home or to whatever I needed or, or I was supposed to go. And then eventually I, I did both ways and it was, um, yeah, I was running a lot and I, I competed a bit. I, I, I ran some races when I was 16, 17 and won my first 50 miler and 50 K and I don't know. It was kind of like, yeah, I ran, I, I uh, did some college tours and just didn't go to any of the college tours and just ran on. Cause you know, compared to Chicago, like almost anywhere has like at the time to, to my eyes, like just incredible trails. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm I from the Midwest too. Yeah. Uh, I'm from the Midwest too. I'm from Wisconsin, about an hour and a half away from Chicago. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with, I ran in Chicago. I ran the, um, what is it? The Chicago Lakefront 50 K I think. And I've done a couple of races uh -huh. down there. So super familiar and, uh, also familiar with the wanderlust and just wanting to get out to Colorado. Um, so I'm curious. Well, I'm familiar with those, uh, with that kettle Moraine area. <laughs> Southern oh, for kettle sure. Moraine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you run that race? I ran the North Face version. It was it was yep. it was a bad idea. It was like the week after the Chicago Marathon, which I did for charity, and like I was completely burnt out and injured. And but I did do a training camp in Kettle Moraine once, and uh, for like almost two weeks in high school in May or June, and it was like no one else was there, and it was totally rainy, and I ran. 
I peaked 175 mile a week out there. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been a big mileage guy? I mean, it sounds like in high school, if you're banging out 26 miles a day, uh, that's going to lead to some pretty big miles. It, yeah, it was, I mean, I wasn't always as consistent, uh, but, uh, definitely I always, I mean, and, and again, like it wasn't from a healthy or like an optimal training perspective. It was, there's definitely some demons I was chasing or being chased by, um, mm -hmm. especially then and, and through college too, but, um, yeah, uh, big miles and I don't know. I mean, in a way, the way I saw it at the time was like, okay, I've been playing violin, you know, three hours a day, still practicing like at least one or two, you know, all my friends are doing like tons of extra curriculum. Like it's so running three hours, you know, two to three hours a day is like, well, that's, if that's going to be your thing, like, what's well, the big deal? Sure. I never really thought it was crazy until I don't know. Yeah. I mean, until I don't, just Strava, I guess. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Um, you mentioned demons. Um, I, I don't know if you'd, would you care to explore? I mean, I'm just imagining you in high school being, uh, I mean, running big miles, which isn't typical of someone in high school. Uh, what was going on in your life? Um, uh, various things, I guess. Um, but I guess I'd say the biggest is just like, I think I mentioned just feeling like really cooped up. Hmm. Um, I just, you know, um uh between you know playing violin piano orchestra hebrew school <laughs> school all day you know I, like i would go to school you know when the sun came in especially in the winter when the sun come up or you know basically there was no daylight I, I wouldn't be able to get out during the day and i just felt like really upset about that i guess and so and also just like really i I didn't like the competition, the competitiveness of, of high school. Cause it was like this prep school that, you know, associated with the university of Chicago. So everyone was just completely obsessed with schools and grades and that sort of thing. And so I guess running was like, was like my own thing. Like it, it, I remember running on the lakefront path there, you know, completely iced over and, micro spikes um with the you know huge like frozen waves on the lake and the city's all dark at 4 30 <laughs> <laughs> no one else is out there and you just i just felt like so free mm. you know because like yeah you're in the middle of the city but you feel like totally almost in the wild <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's a very freeing feeling and i get that i i totally understand that um, so how long have you been in Colorado now? You mentioned, uh, going to school in Colorado Springs, I think. Yeah. Colorado Springs. So I was there from, I graduated in 2020 and, um, and spent that summer in Idaho. I basically have bounced around since, uh, since, since undergrad, uh, for various like job internship type things. And then, um, I went to grad school at Cornell for, um, from 2020 to 2022 and I actually then took a, yeah it's embarrassing to say but I took a, a full extra year <laughs> to write my master's thesis because I got 
way too into it and like it it ended up being a, a giant project that um that i just needed that extra time for and luckily they they were able to give it you know i didn't they were able to give it to me without paying tuition so mm. um and it was actually about mountain towns and and um how the housing crisis kind of fits into other uh problems of inequality and, and environmental sort of exclusion and so it was a good excuse to kind of yeah dirt bag around and for sure uh just experience what it's like you know in the underbelly of these like super fancy i kind of i call them like the worst best places in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's uh, another subject i guess yeah no 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 i mean would leadville fall into that category no leadville yeah and it, again it's it's i will it's you know it's a gray there's gray areas for all these places um but like how they operate but leadville would not leadville was a working is and was a working town and there's no ski resort and there's you know housing's going kind of crazy now relatively speaking since uh all the front rangers want to get investment properties or vacation right. properties since covid but mm -hmm. you know the long simmering ones are aspen jackson mammoth mm -hmm. Tahoe, uh, catch them, North Conway in some ways. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Got it. Got it. Um, how long have you, it sounds like you're out camping right now and embracing the dirt, the dirt bag lifestyle. I'm a fan as well. I've spent a lot of time camping in Leadville, BV, uh, living in my truck out there. I'm curious, uh, how you have your summer set up because it sounds like you trained for Nolan's for about five weeks before you actually ran the course. So have you, have you been dirt bagging it for a while? Are you tent camping? Do you have a truck out there? What are you doing? Uh, no, I have my, my OG, um, Volkswagen golf sports wagon, ah, baby blue. Nice. The roof rack. Beautiful. Uh, it's, um, I, I bet it's, I think it's been recalled several times and they don't make it anymore, but it, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it was actually kind of a bad choice just cause, um, I should have, uh, uh, well, with my dad's help, uh, upgraded to the all track i think it's called with has like an inch higher clearance the clearance has been an issue uh, yep, yep. just put it that way sure but yeah that's that's my rig and i have a tent and uh, just a two-person tent and um yoga mat some blankets and then i use my clothes as my pillow and i have a cooler like a yeti cooler yep just my, my big uh luxury so you're traveling light <laughs> i guess so yeah <laughs> um and bunch of shoes bunch of shoes shoes yeah <laughs> okay okay and and i'm guessing most of the camping this year has been around leadville bv because you've been training for nolan's scouting nolan's um i'm guessing you've been fairly familiar with the route because uh, you've been in colorado off and on for a while and i'm guessing you've hiked those 14ers but um yeah i'm just I'm just picturing your summer and I'm kind of jealous just living in a tent <laughs> scouting Nolan's and then going out and just blowing up the FKT. I mean, that, that to me is a summer to be jealous of. It sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, it has been good. I especially like, uh, in the mountains, you know, that like first half of June when no one else is there and, mm -hmm. and uh, especially this year is pretty cold and snowy and you know, you get, it's like, it's like, yeah, hanging out in BV is like how BV used to be before all the like Rivion showed up. <laughs> mm, yep, totally. totally. Uh, 
so uh but yeah no i um i uh yeah so i got familiar with the route that first year i was here i mean not the route really but some of the peaks and then um you know colorado springs is in the same area it's like uh it's not too far um so i i did come out a few times um during the school year and then um i ended up uh so alex nichols uh got the supported record in 2018 right and so he coached his cross country um at colorado college and so i, I got to know him in 2016 as like the young ultra guy i guess on the team mm -hmm. uh who was again yeah i was running some you know i would i would like do practice and then do doubles on trails and <laughs> just run like four hours in the evening after class and stuff uh <laughs> And, but so he, he was going, he went for it supported and there weren't many people around or, um, that year, or basically he didn't have much help. And so I offered to jog and aid at, um, Pine Creek, like halfway through ish. Yep. And so, uh, and that, so he started it in the evening at his first night, first day, then he came off Harvard at sunset and I met him for the second night, um, going okay. up Oxford. Got it. So we went up Oxford together and, um, I didn't really have a plan of like how, how I was going to do this. Like, I don't, he didn't really indicate like, you know, he wanted snacks at Pine Creek, but that was basically as far as, at least that's how I remember like the support he wanted. So I guess I I should have bailed. Basically, both our phones were dead. My watch, our watches were dead. I didn't really know the area that well. I didn't know where my car was exactly. Like I'd never run on Pine Creek before. <laughs> and, oh yeah. Um. And so in the end, I just accompanied him for the entire second half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, almost all of it. We did. We went down Elbert. Like yeah. I guess in the morning, mid morning. And then he, we met Megan Hicks at the base of Mastiff and they promptly, um, he was there with like a Coke and, uh, some other calories and Alex and Megan promptly dropped me like <laughs> really bad. They dropped me extremely hard. And, uh, so on the last peak below, on the last peak. Yeah. And of course that was fine with me. I didn't. <laughs> and, um, and just witnessing Alex be able to turn it on after like, you know, for uh, in his 44th hour or something yeah. after so much struggle that second night, it was, it was incredible. I couldn't believe it. Like still to this day, I'm still kind of like shocked mm. how, cause he was flying up there and down basically though. I, um, I would never been to the fish hatchery or run down there before. And so, uh, and yeah, obviously I didn't have a GPX. And somehow I made my way down to the fish hatchery with like very few mistakes, just completely on site. Like nice. was, that was also like a miracle. I couldn't believe that either. <laughs> but basically after that experience, like the following week, I started linking up Nolan. So this was 2018 mm -hmm. and I just did all these, I started projecting the line and, and trying to figure out alternative, uh, yeah, alternative routes and just having a ton of fun. And I did that yeah 2018 2019 and then i was kind of left colorado in 2020 but nolan's was always in the back of my mind as something i would go back to at some point mm -hmm. 
So you kind of studied the route for a couple of years there and then took a couple of year break. And now you're back this summer, just kind of uh, checking it out for the first time in a couple of years, or had you made trips back to the line? No, uh, no, just, uh, just, you know, I, I don't know. I really love camping in this area. And so I sort of just, yeah, I couldn't get out of my head. And I was like, um, um, just, you know, for quite a while now. Uh, and this summer, um, yeah, so I got my master's degree in June and knew that, so I knew that was going to be the case. And, and so over the winter, I just decided I'd drive over and, and give it a go myself mm-hmm. and yeah, do this whole camping thing and just enjoy it. And, um, and yeah, I'm really happy that I could, I pulled it off. It's, yeah. it's kind of like almost everything has gone, you know, perfect and it's just been a great great yeah it's been a great summer so far that's for sure yeah yeah totally did you have your eyes set on this fkt all along or did you just want to complete the line um i'm guessing you were familiar with joey camp's time and probably did a lot of studying Uh, i just wanted to see where you're at with all that yeah i followed joey's attempts uh pretty closely in 2020 and um and, you know, read his blog about it and listened to the podcast. And uh, I didn't think there was, I mean, it was, it was, so, and I'm not alone in this camp. I think everyone felt similarly. It was just like so ridiculous. Yeah. And his, his sort of entire approach was so just mind boggling <laughs> that I definitely didn't think I would be able to break the record that year. I mean, you know, I didn't imagine I could be strong enough or sort of like, dumb enough to to try it even and until you know who knows like you know 10 years later but i i you know done quite you know i've done a good bit of running in the in the interim yeah and i just you know had got that confidence and felt really strong and felt you know like i could really commit to it um in a way at least rivaling rivaling um joey's commitment mm-hmm. not matching it because sure. i mean unsupported is a whole different beast yeah. uh but i also thought like hey you know over the winter i thought like hey i know a fair few people in colorado at this point strong runners like it'd be really fun to do it supported and have a bit of a party out there mm-hmm. and so that's that's what i had imagined and um and i got a whole group chat together and a bunch you know quite a good team who said they'd come out and uh, I chose the 14th uh, or 13th. No. Yeah. 14th, 14th, I guess of July. It was the best weather window and it I was tapered and all that. And uh turns out everyone bailed to go to hard rock, like, <laughs> like almost, you know, <laughs> so I only, I had a uh, three people, like three, three, eight, uh, three people um, to support with aid. And then, including Nikki LaRochelle, four people to kind of help me out out there. Uh, so kind I did a, it like kind of a ha- big job for three or four people. Yeah. Well, luckily Jack was my crew chief. Jack Kunzel was my crew chief and he uh, executed uh, perfectly and had me nice. eat more than I wanted and all that stuff. And yeah, he um, definitely came through in a huge way. Um, but yeah, so I was, I kind of did it halfway supported and halfway not, which sure. I w- was actually probably, you know, in retrospect, 
you know, I'm not saying it, it, it would have gone like I could have gone faster, I'm sure with more support, but I, I'm not unhappy at all about just like the style and, um, you know, just the experience I thought was, um, really great, you know, have going through the night by myself basically and starting by myself. Um, yeah, I, it was, it was, it was good. So you didn't have a pacer with you while you went through the night? No, I, um, I met Sean Van Horn on, uh, the top of Oxford. He came up from the Vicksburg Winfield side and, yep. uh, just with some night kit and we ran, you know, we ran the Ridge to, um, Belford together. Um, and then after that I did the, yeah, that was, um, I did Missouri and Huron and La Plata by myself. So, wow. Wow. And then you did have a pacer as support for Albert Massive? Yeah. So then Jack ended up um, just running with me for Alberta Massive. And then Nikki met us on Massive um, and ran down with us. Nice. I mean, that is very impressive. Not only that you pulled off this time, but that you did it on your own. Um, That's crazy, man. Um, You started on the 14th. What time did what time did you start the clock? Was it in the middle of the night, beginning of, in the, of the morning, sunrise? What time was it? It was 4.30. Yeah, 4.30 a.m. Okay, got yep. it. Okay. Um, and Yeah, and, and actually it was, um, so I, I, yeah, I, um, I camped five weeks beneath the route and then did a 10-day taper and spent the last three days like uh yeah the week leading up at a motel in leadville just to get just to get organized and be you know wi-fi and everything and um and since everyone bailed like on that monday i was messaging like dozens of people like (laughs) i spent the entire week trying to get more crew and you know it was kind of stressful not ideal uh and then i uh, and then of course it took me way long i'm not like total i'm not the most organized person it took me forever to get all my shit together mm-hmm. and i drove down thursday night and camped at uh yeah at, at blank's cabin and honestly like in my vw the uh that road up there might have been the harrowing <laughs> the drive. oh yeah that i was getting adrenal <laughs> i was getting adrenaline at like 7 38 p.m the night before like uh. just driving <laughs> So then I got like four, 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 four to five hours of sleep that night, Thursday night. Oh, come on. That's not enough. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, it it worked out, but, um, yeah, Yeah. not, not, not ideal. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I'm always curious about little details. Um, did you eat breakfast before you took off? No, um, no, I just rolled out of bed and, uh, it took me a little, you know, I meant to go at four. So it took me a little while to wake up, but, um, but it was, you know, I, I wasn't worried just because everyone was telling me to go easier than, than I think, than you think, sure, or than you think you should. And, uh, and, you know, at 430, I was basically still asleep and just kept it really easy. The, the first climb and was able to eat perfectly, you know, eat on the top of, um, Chavano and and keep it up yep. uh, after that. So 
Got it. Yeah, I, I actually, I kind of like skipping breakfast before a race because I don't find that I need an extra glycogen boost the morning of, like the night before takes care of it. And then I just, I just feel steadier energy and then eat about, you know, an hour, an hour and a half in. It's got it. Sense the work. Yeah. yeah. And what are you typically fueling with? Um, so I was, um, I had a whole array, but primarily I had, uh, I had some waffles. I had some, some like, uh, dried fruit bars from Colorado company called, uh, it's Enduro, Enduro Bites. Enduro Bites was a real, yep, yep. really good, mm-hmm. um, some spring energy, the yellow ones with some, with the caffeine in there. Um, let's see. I had bananas and blueberries, olives. I like, yeah, olives kind of like my little salt bites. Um, there are a few other things. Oh, uh, yeah, different bars and stuff. I don't really remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the first three peaks, is that pretty standard for you? Did it go pretty normal? Did you have aid on the other side of Antero? Yeah. Um, yeah, the first, it, it went well. It basically, it was, it was, um, you know, it was, it was a really hot period, um, that week. Um, as yeah, as like everyone at hard rock experienced, but, um, so the, by the time I got up to the top of Antero, it was baking. It was, mm. it was pretty, it was crazy hot actually. Uh, but the whole, yeah, I mean, no, I had, I executed well, just really steady and coming off, um, um, tab a watch, you know, that's a kind of a gnarly descent there. Yep. Uh, but after that, you know, I just, I, was, I wasn't feeling like poppy or anything and a few like little niggles came up which um was kind of interesting because i never really experienced that before uh but i think it was just psychological just knowing i had so much further to go mm-hmm. but yeah so then um coming off and tarot i met um henry harris who uh is uh, a really strong runner lives in salida uh so it's pretty local for him and so I got aid after Antero from him and then went up Princeton. Um, but yeah, I didn't take enough, I don't think, because I ran out pretty hard on Princeton. And Princeton's the most exposed, you know, mm-hmm. biggest peak, mm-hmm. with, especially with that ridge line, which is a solid, like, mile above 14K. Yep. Um, and then the descent takes forever, totally exposed. So I actually – I, I – uh, I ran out pretty hard, just, you know, got really dehydrated and um, a little behind on calories on Princeton, which I was a little nervous about. I mean, I was pretty nervous about. Um, You're only on peak four and you're running out of calories. That's not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And it was just, I mean, it was so hot, man. It was, and the Colorado trail was even hotter because it's below 10 K there. And just like, it is like a convection system with the, with the red dirt and uh it's not very sparsely i mean it's not it's pretty sparsely forested and that's quite a few miles on the ct there yep but i i met henry again at um you know after princeton between princeton and avalanche trailhead Mm -hmm. and him and jack uh resuscitated me and 
going up Yale was a little rough, but I just took some extra time and ate some extra calories, uh, you know, just down like several bottles. Yeah. Quite a few. And, um, and that was really the only like sort of sketchy part in terms of, you know, I, I didn't let myself spiral. Like I wasn't, I really didn't get too nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the only sort of part where was like this, this could kind of, this could end here. And <laughs> yeah. Um, did you say that you took the standard Ridge off of Princeton and then down to the Colorado trail? Yeah. Um, I messed up my descent slightly there. I didn't take the exact like, um, shoot that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're all bad. All the options are really bad, Pretty but much. I think mine was, yeah, I think even Joey mentioned afterwards looking at my, my, uh, my gpx data it's like you went down <laughs> i think he called it the the head wall or something it was a down it was a scramble for sure uh, um, okay but it was you know it whatever maybe it cost a couple of minutes i i wasn't too bummed about it sure. um yeah i i uh i didn't you know i had i created my i used joey's um gpx and training mostly okay and then created my own line section by section i think i had six sections or seven altogether uh different gpx files which is also a good way to rationalize it or at least i have found and i i created those based off of my own personal heat maps over the over the years and um and that was successful uh the only problem was just that i did upgrade my watch but to with you know for the battery life but Mm -hmm. um and the breadcrumb was helpful. You know, I'm, I'm like very experienced using the breadcrumb, but it definitely has limitations in that like, okay, you could see the topo, but on Princeton, for instance, you can't necessarily see the little ridge in between the two lines that's only separated by like 30 feet. Sure. So it's really easy to kind of just kind of, and you don't really want to be staring at your, you know, zooming in and out on your little watch mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I mostly, I mostly ran by memory in the end. Uh, yeah. And that only really bit me on the final descent off massive. Cause while I tried to hit everything in training, I did not manage to, um, to do that descent in the, without snow. Hmm. I just ran out of time basically. And so I was tired enough at, you know, by the time I got to massive and, so that following a little breadcrumb wasn't really effective and yeah long story short route went like 95 percent well but there are a few little hiccups there and princeton was kind of one of them yeah that just excites me to to think about how this could actually be faster <laughs> you could take some time off of this that's pretty pretty badass <laughs> Uh, yeah there's you... a few things there was a few gear issues i had with my feet too where that cost me quite a bit of time and it was just like an oversight on my part and uh basically if i had like one more pair of shoes i probably would have saved like an hour or an hour and a half really? like no joke i mean at least at the time because i was kind of in some pain with my feet uh that's what i thought i mean it's hard to know it's there's so many like variables layered on yeah but uh yeah and maybe just or just like 
some different socks. I just need, I was like, I didn't really think about it hard enough to, uh, to be prepared on that sense, but there's so many things that you have to prepare for. I felt like I, I really did so many things right and, uh, avoided so many issues, but yeah, you, you know, once you start having a little issue like that, you can end up, um, you know, bleeding so much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were experiencing like blisters or something and that, that slowed you down. You think you could have saved some time there? Uh, I just had a bit of irritation and then, and then I got, I kind of got like trench foot actually during mm-hmm. the night, Okay. Uh, which was, yeah, I didn't, I just didn't really, I wasn't really prepared for it. Um, and it was just painful enough that it, it limited my stride. Yeah. Uh, especially on the downhill. So like you're going down here on, um, and La Plata, I imagined that I would really send it. And instead I was like babying my feet cause it was mm. so, it was really painful. Mm. Um, but luckily, um, after La Plata, I changed into, um, a different pair of shoes and, uh, Jack lent me his, um, <laughs> his toe socks. Mm, yep actually i still have them so i don't he might not want them back but maybe i can <laughs> maybe i can venmo him for some ingenies uh <laughs> did those things help? they helped a lot yeah i think just some combo of the volume changing and the and the material being better on for on the socks you know dry being drier and then just having more sunlight to dry you know burn things off mm-hmm it worked and i i was basically in good shape for the last uh the last you know they're two peaks but they're they're, it's like um but they're you know it's like they're huge yeah 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 okay um wait i'm curious which route you went up yale i went up the basin so basin okay yep yeah so you take the colorado trail for a while and then cut left and then take that basin up is that what it is yeah, so I um my favorite campsite is that um Harvard Lakes campsite there. Oh yeah. In between uh Columbia and Yale. Um it just yeah, it's well, it's convenient to be the it's like 15 minutes and it's just uh really they're really quiet and everything. Yeah, I was just up so there I, a week ago. It's beautiful up there. It's so good. Yeah. And so I have my little site that I I that's where I camp the most at and um and just knowing how tricky Yale is, uh, especially this descent, um, you know, tons of people just, it's so easy to you kind of take the wrong line in airplane gully. Mm-hmm. It, it can cost you like an hour. Yeah. And that's happened quite a few times to other, to people who have given it a go in the past, you know, really strong runners. Um, so I was projecting Yale quite a lot. I ran it, I don't know, definitely over five times, but more, maybe probably like seven mm. and mostly the descent, which, um, I was really, uh, sketched out by when it was so snowy. Um, that was like my barometer for when I could, uh, could even attempt Nolan's was mm. if Yale, if the airplane, uh, airplane gully was dry enough to go because it's so steep and you're bushwhacking that, uh, the snow was like, you know, you're, you're off these insane gradients going down snow through the trees. It's like really not fun. Yeah. Um, 
when it's dry, it's surprisingly, you know, it's, it's uh, surprisingly runnable, but uh, anyway, so, so that's just to say that, yeah, I, I had a lot of um, opportunities to project Yale and uh, yeah, so you go up like two miles up the CT and then hang left through the forest there, which is a pretty, a pretty, um, it's pretty dry and, and, and uh, thin there. So no big deal. And then you go up this, like, it's maybe the, the coolest part of the, of the route. I mean, there's a lot of cool parts, but just that, that basin is so like immense mm. and rocky mm -hmm. and, you know, but you can see the summit the whole time. So it's just, it's pretty epic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you had pretty good luck nailing the route on the way down from Yale and catching that airplane gully. Yep. Yeah. Per You've no, done it no enough times. At all. Good. Good. Yeah. Um, between Columbia and Harvard, do you drop all the way down into that basin? I did. Yeah. I, you know, I never actually went on the, I never, I've never done the, um, the, the scramble traverse. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it, but it was too snowy. It was, there's too many like cornices in training. And then I just didn't want to mess with it. Like having never been on it. And plus, um, there's this Creek, uh, this little waterfall off, um, Harvard, off the Harvard South, South face, uh, that I've stopped at every single time I go up there. Mm. And so almost like superstitiously, I, um, oh, and, uh, I should say Henry Harris joined me for Yale, Columbia, Harvard. Okay. Um, so, uh, so that was, that was really helpful too. But yeah, so I stopped at that creek, which, you know, added like a thousand, twelve hundred feet of climbing versus the ridge. But I was, um, you know, it was definitely worth it for the water mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, um, and I was comfortable with the, with going down that way. So, yep. yeah, good, good. And you must have had some sort of aid at Pine Creek and, uh, your buddy that was pacing, you must have ran out there. Yeah, so Henry ran out Pine Creek, uh, left me with some snacks, and then I I hiked up Oxford alone, and then saw at about not um no about ten maybe yeah probably about ten um and then uh yeah I hiked up Oxford and met um, Sean Van Horn on the top of Oxford for just an extra headlamp and um it wasn't very cold you know it was interesting it was colder by the creeks in the in the valleys mm. than up high which was sort of surprising but uh yeah i got some extra layers and headlamp and food um from sean yeah okay. so that was sort of the next step okay okay and we've got um what is it oxford missouri um Trying to think what's after that. Are we down to Closey Lake already? So yeah, so Oxford Belford, which you know Oxford Belford, yep. The easiest little uh tick off the yep. box. Yep. Those are easy numbers. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then Missouri, um Missouri East Ridge. Um I really love that that ridge. Me too. Uh, it's kind of yeah. there, there's a couple of scrambles in there. Yep. And uh it took me it took me some extra time there just because um it was hard to find the like find which um vein of the sort of cliff to go up in the dark <laughs> like, oh sure and again the uh, i thought i could use the the little breadcrumb 
better, but it was just like, okay, it doesn't tell you which side of the rig you're supposed to be on. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so I was kind of like, I, I had to backtrack a couple of times, but generally it went, it was good. And then, yeah. And then you do the screed descent off, uh, Missouri to Closey Lake. Um, I took a sec in the willows there just, uh, just to refuel, um, sort of like it, I don't know, that's like two in the morning. And then, yeah, I went down Closey Lake and then up Huron, which was, um, which was the crux of the whole route actually this year because of the snow. Oh, really? Okay. Did you have any aid at Closey? No, no, no I way. didn't have okay. any aid. Got it. Okay. So straight up here on. Okay. So there's a lot of snow up there this year. There was a, t it was so snowy the, that in training, the basin was completely like, like 85% snowed in oh, that wow. whole climb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I did it a couple of times in training and I was posting the whole time. Um, and you know, it's like ridiculously steep. I mean, not you know, it's like 40, 45%. It's gnarly. Yeah. So it's like hard enough as it is. And then the snow. So what I was really worried about is, you know, so it was snowy in like end of June, but then it was really hot for those first two weeks of July or so. And, uh, and everything got super compacted. And I wasn't able to go see what Huron was like because it's so hidden there, the east side. Um, so I couldn't get binoculars on it. I couldn't. It was a little too far to do in the taper um, to uh, sort of scout it out. And uh, so I was just worried that it would just be a, just this ice sheet, you know, mm -hmm. all the way up. So this and has been in the back of your head throughout the route, like Huron... Huron might suck or this might blow the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I thought like, okay, worst case scenario, I have to like go around up the Northern, the, like the Northeast Ridge or do some weird, you know, uh, which extra maneuvers. Um, but by the time I got there, it was still an ice. Yeah. It was, it was super icy. It, some of it had melted off the top. Um, so the whole thing wasn't iced over, but, um, luckily someone had booted in like most of, it was kind of like a weird zigzag. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, someone had booted in, a, a trek like a day or two before when it was softer. Mm. And so it stayed, it stayed like pretty well, pretty well, um, kicked in by the time I got there. And so I was kind of able to follow his tracks almost all the way up and okay. it wasn't a, you know, it was a little, I was, I was still kind of, yeah, I was still kind of like sweating there just cause, um, I didn't like also, it's hard to see, I wasn't able to see too much further up. So I kept thinking like, oh no, I might get, I might get cliffed out. I mean, mm -hmm. not cliffed out, but like, I might not be able, you know, I might follow these tracks and then I'll just be like on the ice field. Right. Just have nowhere stuck. to go. Yeah. And then the prospect of going down that was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way to back you know if i backtracked i would have slid down it was um yeah so i just i got really lucky with whoever thank you to whoever kicked that in <laughs> yeah it's your angel man <laughs> yeah <laughs> um any are you using any extra gear at this point are you putting on micro spikes do you have an axe or anything with you or are you just going for it 
Sean, uh, uh, I, I got my crampons from Sean. Okay. I think I only got, so I had like, I, I like the BD crampons. They, they have a toe cap one, which I'm not sure if they sell anymore, just for like the sense and then a, more of a full on sort of, I guess that's like five millimeter um, uh, spikes. And I think he gave, uh, he, I had him give me the toe cap one, which especially meant going downhill was not an option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But I didn't actually use it. Somehow the, the combo between my shoes, grip, and the ice and whatever, I didn't really need them. So. Didn't need them. Okay, okay. Well, got lucky there. Yeah, I think, I mean, I put my gloves on and uh, and my poles worked well enough, so. And how are you feeling at this point? I mean, you've got three peaks left, three big peaks left. I'm sure you're looking at your watch and crunching numbers. Um, are you feeling confident? Are you running scared? Are you physically exhausted? Where's your head at? Um, I, um, I kind of, I was sort of aware of splits during the first day and then totally forgot about it during the night. I just didn't even think, I didn't think about it once. Mm. Um, I just, you know, at that point I was just like, well, whatever is the most efficient, you know, however fast I'm moving right now is how fast I'm moving. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I, yes, you know, I took a, I took a sit, like I mentioned coming off, coming off Missouri for a little bit and, uh, I probably stopped just for a sec here and there during the night too, but I didn't worry about it. Um, yeah, I was basically, I was pretty, I was in the zone and, and, and pretty chill. I mean, really the whole time, but especially during the night, um, here on like, yeah. So I, I went up here on like had all that adrenaline from the climb from the icy climb. And then, uh, and that was like three in the morning summited it at maybe four, four thirty. And uh, you know, it was pretty cold at that point, just the witching hour. And yeah, I got I I guess that was a bit of a low spot, um, just because I was moving slow. I was kind of like over um sort of over like I was kind of wired from the climb and then uh I got I started getting the hiccups above 13k at some point and that was plaguing me <laughs> mm. it's like pretty unpleasant yeah but getting the sunrise like sort of the the first the first bits of sunrise at the top of Huron was just incredible like it was so cool I mean the sky's like all orange and per- like the colors are incredible and the clouds are there was a bit of an inversion and um no one else is up there yet it was great it was so epic and uh and then going down here on it was um i got plenty of energy so Mm, yeah it wasn't an issue nice um i know you've run a bunch of ultras in the past have you done the 100 mile distance yeah so i am my only 100 mile i i started utmb last year and uh and uh did it just a, a shitload of training leading up. Like it was, I was living in the out, um, the whole summer just cause, uh, the rent was so much cheaper talking about mountain towns. Mm. And I was, um, 
I got an elite slot slot for UTMB and uh, Marathon de Mont Blanc. And um, so I just I just figured I'd fly out once, avoid the whole, you know, Russia, Ukraine conflict, airfare situation, um, hike. And uh, so, yeah, I just I was training a ton and I got some sort of weird like neuromuscular injury during UTMB. But I got I also had a rough race at Ultra Trail Snowdonia in mid-May this year. Uh, but I got third in the end. So that's why I'm going to UTMB. Um, Mm -hmm. but that was a, that's a gnarly race. Like it might be, I know ultra trail for Monte Rosa is back and that's, that's pretty tricky, but I mean, Snowdonia, a lot of it is off trail. It's boggy. It's there's quite a, there's several scrambly sections, not just up, but down, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, like class three, four, even, um, and it's, you know, a full loop, no doubling back. It's, I highly recommend it. Like if you're looking for like a legit sanctioned, incredibly gnarly course, actually Sabrina Stanley was also there. She got, I think second. And we've had virtually the same calendar the last couple of years. So I've run into her a handful of times and was able to pick her brain a little on Nolan's. And she was like, yeah, this is, this is basically a, like a slightly condensed Nolan's. Ah, oh, so wow. you could say, you know, eight weeks before I was, I was, it was like a great Nolan's training stimulus, just, yeah. uh, but yeah, so that was my only full hundred mile finish, but I had done a couple of several races that ran through the night, um, and some longer one, like, um, Hari Connor, for instance, in Canada. Uh, yeah. So, um, and I've run through the night a few, you know, several times and play pulled, um, my fair share of all nighters. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crew and other people. Yeah. Well, um, and just uh, studying and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, for sure. So, do you do pretty well with sleep deprivation? Yeah. You feel like that's one of your strengths? I mean, yeah. Altitude, sleep deprivation, strong stomach. Okay. If that's what it takes to do Nolan's, I, I got those covered pretty well. It does. <laughs> that's pretty clutch. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Um, okay. So um uh I'm guessing you had Aiden Wenfield before La Plata. Yeah, well, uh Jack parked uh his truck at uh the CT intersection there at at Winfield and uh but he was still asleep when I got there. I was actually like banging on the windows because I was trying to get some help with my feet. But uh, he was sound asleep, so uh, I just grabbed some stuff from uh, his uh, his cab and <laughs> and made my way. <laughs> okay. And went on. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I, I I got aid, but it wasn't like you know it was yeah it was felt uh, a sort of self supported fashion there I guess. Sure. Okay. But um, and then by the time I went up La Plata, you know the entire universe is up there. It was ridiculous. Oh. Saturday morning. Uh, busy Saturday. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, how much time are you taking on the top of these peaks? Um, I'm guessing it's pretty damn short. Uh yeah, I'm not trying to stop on the top. No, sure. that's a bad idea. Yep. No, stop. I think I took a I think I took a sit on here on for like a minute, but um I, I didn't stop anywhere else. Okay. No. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, La Plata, it's huge, obviously. And then you just have two more huge peaks. Um, uh, at this point you have a pacer. Yes. For the last two peaks. 
Yeah. So Jack, um, Jack, uh, so Jack he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, he saw me as at, you know, La Plata trailhead and then parked at that turn off there by, um, going up full hill and then yep. just joined me. It was great. It was, okay. it was, I mean, I definitely couldn't have done it. I mean, I couldn't have done it without Henry and Sean either. That's for sure. But, um, but Jack was, yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. And, uh, and just like, you know, just kept things so lively. I had, it, it was, it was great. You know, we just chatted along and, and, uh, yeah, it just, he, he basically just him being there on the last two bit. I mean, it was just a huge performance boost for sure, but just also, you know, psychologically, emotionally, you know, mentally, it was it, uh, totally clutch. Yeah. 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 Um, do you have any other secret trips, uh, tips or tricks or anything that you use? Like, um, um, like, uh, you know, people will stop drinking caffeine for a month before the race and then incorporate it halfway through and, or I don't know, I think you mentioned a yoga mat. Do you do a lot of yoga or I, I'm like, you know, what do you eat for breakfast, David? That's what I want to know because that's going to make me finish Nolan someday. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So on the, so, okay. So some tips and tricks on the route itself. Um, I wore glasses the whole time and had clear visors during the night. And that was super deliberate because um, Alex himself had some really bad eye issues, but a lot of people, you know, just dusty and exposed uh -huh. and windy and Okay. So that 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 is a, a a must do for sure for anyone going after it. Got it. Um yeah, just just protect your eye. I mean, I wear contacts as well, so I was I didn't want to have to mess with those. But and there's the famous Courtney story who I don't know a long time a while ago had some cornea issues I think or contact issues at at one of the 200 milers. So anyways, yeah, I I recommend that and just like good coverage, you know, for the wind. Okay. Um, I had a sun hat, which was incredibly helpful, like a bucket hat sort of thing, but with yeah. wide brim. Okay. And, uh, you know, and you can dunk that in water and it, and it gets a good bit, uh, you know, saturates pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I wore, I wore gators, uh, but they got ripped up like halfway through. So I had the, ultimate direction gators um and they yeah so they they helped for the first half and then they just were destroyed so i mean the basically the straps broke on both of them uh. and i mean and that leads to foot i guess i could have had another pair but like i don't know it's at a certain point it's these things are just like kind of a waste of money <laughs> sure um you know they're not cheap and they, if they that was the first time i or second time i used it so anyways but yeah it just shows i mean the train it's like just the being off trail the scree the rock and just the quality of the rocks i'm no geologist but i've destroyed so many issues out there um in the past and just you know outsoles get destroyed uppers get Splashed, um, yeah. It's it's like a graveyard for shoes, mm. and um, I'm I get I'm supported by Norda. It's a mm. small company, okay. and and they make just really high quality shoes. Mm. Like the upper, uh, like that's kind of their thing is just that they use 
really high quality materials. And so, um, and so I, I, uh, I, I had two pairs of Nordis for this, uh, for this sort of like June in the attempt. And, um, I should have, I should have, I should have gotten, I should have asked for another, I guess, but, um, just as what I mentioned before, but the upper has, you know, doesn't slash at all on those mm. and the foam is really nice. So your feet stay just, you know, they don't cramp up or anything on the off trail or mine don't. So yeah, a good pair of shoes like that, obviously is going to come in handy. Um, and then in terms of what I eat for breakfast, I mean, uh, I guess I do some like controversial, unconventional things, you know, sort of in the vein, like, I mean, I don't feel, you know, it's not like cool to talk about these things anymore, I guess, because, uh, you know, the like minimal, you know, the minimalist era is behind us and now sure. the sport's more concerned with health. But Joey mentioned it, you know, his intermittent fasting and, and his sort of like power to weight considerations, um, you know, so I guess I'm, I, I can, you know, so basically I, I, I do almost all my training fasted and okay. just have always done that, sure. including these really long days. And I don't fuel in training really like mm -hmm. at all. Um, I mean, I will during specific, like last year training for UTMB, I was trying to, you know, I was trying to kind of dial in that, that fairly fast race pace where you're, you know, at least you're supposed to be burning some glycogen. And so you got to keep it topped off. And, yep. um, so I practiced then, but that was really the only time in my entire running career where I deliberately fueled in training, okay. um, basically last year. So I, I, uh, I guess if you put me on in the, you know, on the treadmill or, you know, in the lab, I'd be, I guess, uh, pretty well, pretty efficient. You know, I probably don't burn that many calories and I definitely don't burn that much carbs yeah um, you're probably burning more fat than anything yeah i mean yeah. sorry to all the the whatever coaches and folks listening to this but it's just that's how i've done it and that's um yeah so if it's working yeah, for you david don't change it <laughs> you're setting fkts on nolan's you don't need to change your diet man <laughs> yeah i mean and part of it honestly i get um I get to be more detailed. Like I, I actually suffer from reactive hypoglycemia pretty bad. Mm. So I don't eat within three hours of training just at all because I, I'm the sort of runner who, if I do, I'll bonk like immediately and then it'll just be a horrible run. Oh, really? And, and that includes if I'm going like at a low intensity, you know, Nolan's effort, if I have like a gel, even the fancy maltodextrin ones, I get, I bonk mm. or I get kind of messed up. It's really unfortunate. I wish I didn't experience that. Sure, yeah. So I have to be running like fairly hard just to be able to deal with the gel. Mm. Otherwise it's completely counterproductive for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So did you even use gels on Nolan's? Uh, no, no, no I didn't use any. I mean, so I didn't do like completely whole, whole foods. But it sort of, I did like halfway between basically I try to have carbs with a little something extra to keep it slow. Mm -hmm. So, uh, oh, I had baby food too. I didn't mention that. I, I mean, I would, I didn't have a kitchen access. So 
Otherwise, I would have made like sweet potato something or other. Yeah. But I just had the baby food version of that. So like sweet potatoes and bananas are pretty ideal yeah. for me, just like that slow burning. And then uh, and then just something with some extra, you know, some extra fat and, and protein to just help it. Sure. Help it. Yeah. So that's Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got and it. then and then basically, you know, like during Nolan's training, I'm doing, you know, I'm out like almost all day. Sure. And then I'll just eat all afternoon, <laughs> you know, all afternoon. Yep. Got yep. It. It's a little, it's a little gross, but that's basically what I do. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the intermittent fasting life. You know, you're taking a big window where you're not eating and then you have like a good, whatever it is, two to four hours where <laughs> that's what you're doing. You're, you're fueling, you're eating for almost that whole time. Yeah. And I mean, and then this summer too, it's like, okay, I was camping. I don't really have a good kitchen set up, but and I'd have to get some Wi-Fi. So I, I just go to town and just like sit in a cafe and just like get a bunch of breakfast burritos and just, <laughs> right. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, at what point did you know that you had the record locked up? Um, hmm. Well, Jack was, uh, Jack was pretty aware of splits. Okay. So when I saw him at the base of Elbert, he knew where I was relative to Joey and he knew what Joey was splitting for the last two, mm-hmm. which was incredibly impressive. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess, you know, it was funny because I put together a spreadsheet um, with uh, sort of a blueprint for aid and, uh, and just my estimated splits just to kind of like um, wrap my head around it and also give uh through my crew a bit of a you know something to follow mm-hmm. and like by the time i got to what my splits would be a half moon it was between like i think it was between 11 a.m and like 7 p.m you know <laughs> 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 just like crazy because it was just okay because it was like each sort of section could be this huge spread just depending on what happened mm-hmm. so like if everything I thought, you know, like physiologically, I think I would be capable of like running 32 or something. So that was like my most, but basically my realistic ABC goal were, it was sort of just like a number to, to that seemed appropriate, but it was also kind of based on splits. But my A goal was about 38, was 38 hours, B 40 and C 41 which would, you know, so if I did like 40, 59, that would break the, the overall sure. time. And so, uh, so, but yeah, by the second day I was, I was kind of mentally tired enough to not really, again, I mean, going up Elbert, like I was moving, but I, I wasn't bothered by splits. I was just like, as long as I keep moving, that's, Yep. And then massive, I was able to put the hammer down just a little, uh, just cause, you know, I still had some running legs left and, um, ate enough to be able to climb well, up massive and just, it was a beautiful day. And, you know, having the finish line sort of in sight gives mm-hmm. you that boost. Mm-hmm. So I guess I was shooting for 38 somewhere in my mind, like on the plot up but didn't really know and in the end i just wanted to finish by like 7 30 i think no i wanted to finish by 8 8 p.m or no no i wanted to finish by 8 30 which would have been 40 hours 
it just sounded good. Okay. You know, gotcha. Gotcha. Sun still, you get some sunlight. So eight thirty, and then I end up finishing at seven thirty. Okay. So that was good. You know. Yeah. So that's how I thought about it, at least. <laughs> how hard were you pushing going down massive? Um. Uh. I mean, I was running like ten minute pace, which was felt like a I was flying. <laughs> of course, yeah, it feels like six minute I mean, pace. <laughs> on the trail section there yeah but yeah. going down the off trail bits i was sort of you know i was so like neuromuscularly fatigued that some of the techie bits at that point just i was kind of just kind of had to walk it yeah more or less sure but once i got to the grass i was able to move and i was just chatting with yeah so i nikki la rochelle and then jack jack was sort of navigating for us um till we got to the trail uh well I mean, off the ridge, I kind of remembered where I was, but there's kind of like two ridges you have to sort of go over. Yeah. And I just didn't really, yeah. But yeah, so I was going about 10 minute pace and that, that, this, the, that trail section is just like deceptively long. Like it's yep. four miles or something. Yeah. Feels like forever. Uh huh. And so I was kind of, I was able to keep the pace up, but there, there was like a few moments where I was just like, overwhelmed by um you know i was able to keep jogging but i was just like oh man you know my throat was really hurting mm. like my tongue was hurting like my i was like a sun-dried tomato at that point just like <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah um and i so i was like i mean at that point for quite a while i was just drinking so much uh, as much as humanly as i could like mm. that was available i was just drinking all of it and so I just had bottles in both hands. It's like chugging away just to get to the finish. Um, yeah, but it was, it was so nice to have company and, uh, and it was a nice, yeah, you know, it was a nice evening. It wasn't too hot and yeah. And then, uh, so I finished and with Nikki and, um, and Jack and there was um, Nikki's mom <laughs> and that's who greeted us there. Uh, she was, uh, <laughs> you know, not in running clothes or anything. It was pretty funny. <laughs> she was like a little bit concerned on our about, about our state, but it was yeah, it was nice. Oh, no I'm one sure. else was there. To... <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, did you celebrate? Did you do anything afterwards at uh, Fish Hatchery? Hang out for a little while, or did you just crash? Uh, I sat there. We sat there for a bit um uh nikki's mom brought us some you know some uh some more blueberry resupply of blueberries like a whole 18 ounce uh clamshell act on those uh like some various other things um but yeah i got i kind of i kind of crashed you know i had to sit down and i actually lay down and then got the shivers and then got the cramps mm. and then got the shivers again <laughs> yeah i mean if if no one was there with the car like and jack and i had to figure out how to hitch back it would have been it would have been awful it would have been really bad you would have um, been in trouble yeah i shit out of luck that's for sure <laughs> uh but so yeah we got a ride from nikki's mom <laughs> and then jack and i each had a pizza at uh at uh at the mountain pie place here uh nice high mountain pies i think yep yep yeah 
uh, it just blows my mind that you did this and with only one night under your belt, you know, it takes most people two nights and you're able to do it in one night and then still make it down to high mountain pie for pizza. That's just incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and now you're training for UTMB, man. You're going to go back and give it another shot. That's it. That's exciting, dude. Yeah, I was, my body kind of just started coming around like a couple days ago. So it took, okay. I'd say it took about three weeks to get like mm. above 90% back. Um, I mean, is it a smart idea? No, but you know, it's kind of hard to get that elite spot nowadays. Cause you have to go like do well at a hundred mile rates of their, yeah. in their calendar. And it's, so it's sort of a pain in the ass. And so I had the thing. I'm not working yet. <laughs> Take advantage and, of it uh, while you can. I felt, yeah, I figured it'd be pretty badass to go rock up after, um, after Nolan's. Totally. Of course, over, you know, not that I'm anyone in the same conversation at all, but uh, Courtney has obviously overshadowed any of that um, badassery with <laughs> whatever triple crazy stuff she's doing. Right. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll go back to UTMB and I'm training, you know, less than I, it's actually pretty nice. Cause you know, I kind of got the train, the volume done and now yeah, I'm just you're trained feel, up. Uh, now I'm just trying to feel good and just have fun. And yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Well, best of luck at UTMB. Um, thanks for coming on and doing this show, man. Like I said, I, I geek out all things Nolan's and I like all the little, little details and I like hearing everything. So um congratulations man 3906 is just it just blows my mind i'm not gonna lie it blows my mind and uh very impressive and uh congrats man just enjoy it the rest of the summer well thank you yeah i look forward to seeing whoever who uh, you know whichever other crazy idiot is gonna try to break that but <laughs> i mean i uh you know it was it just like i'm i was so I guess the last thing I'd say is just, I was so like, it was such a special day and I was so mentally like, I was so mentally in it because, you know, it's kind of like what originally got me stoked on trail running in the first place all back. So it was like really cathartic. Like it was like really emotional mm -hmm. and just like a really special, you know, I, I put so much time and effort into it. Um, not just the summer, but, and all the planning and, and training, it just, I felt like my entire running career in some ways had just been leading up to this. So, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, yeah, I don't really want to think about like what I could ever do to, to like what will motivate, motivate me further for next, you know, future years. But I just think Nolan's is just like a really special, just incredible you know project for anyone to try and fkt if you're really if you're really after it so, mm -hmm. yeah. well it sounds like you had some luck on your side too i mean we didn't get too into the weather but it sounded like you had a decent weather window and uh, you know you had ups and downs obviously but things kind of went your way as well so um and so with something as big as nolan's there's a lot of skill involved and a lot of luck involved as well yeah yeah um, no for sure but I uh, guess in terms of like karma, maybe I played my hand a little right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm curious, um, have you reached out to Joey or did Joey reach out to you afterwards? Yeah, yeah. And um, 
and we chatted some in June, you know, before too. So yeah, we chatted, we chatted a little bit, uh, but yeah, we don't, I, I, I wouldn't say I know him by any means. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, I think it's just cool that this community usually reaches out and, you know, if someone beats someone else's previous FKT, they usually reach out and congratulate them. And I'm always just curious, like, yeah, just what people are up to behind the scenes, but, um, Oh Listen yeah, in. he yeah no he 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 was congratulatory and just yeah it, it was great and and uh, he just loves the I mean he loves the area and he loves the the line so much so I think for him to see me well and first of all I was you know I mean to me Joey is the Nolan guy like I mean okay Megan Hicks of course and um, is like the keeper of the Nolans um, and Anne and Andrew Hamilton. Uh, but just Joey's whole, like, the way he describes it, the way he's approached it, his entire obsession with it was just, like, really inspiring. And then, obviously, his time was the time to beat, and it was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, tons of credit has to go to Joey. And still, like, I, I mean, I would never be able to do that unsupported, like, not even close. I mean, sure. ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, Joey, Joey deserves, I think he, he's, he's got the podium. He's got, he's on the top of the podium for no in my mind. Sure. Dude's a King. Well, what yeah. you did was <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty miraculous, man. So don't take, I'm not trying to take anything away from you. What you did was super stout dude, and you should be very proud of yourself and, and uh, yeah, enjoy this uh, little victory for the rest of the summer, man. All right. Well, thank you. Absolutely, dude. And thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, maybe I'll see you on the trail sometime. Of course. Yeah. Let's do All it. All right, man. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. See ya. See you, David.